You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire. Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions on the show are those of Dave and his valued guests and are always expressed with a certain joie de vivre. Please consult a doctor before listening. Laughter is contagious. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, hit it! Saturday morning, it's time to get up and uh, enjoy the show. This is going to be an exciting show, as usual. Actually, we worked pretty hard to make this an exciting show, so uh, let's get started. Jason Dale. Jason Dale, as you would know, is from Georgian College, and they have an automotive program, and we're going to talk about what they did during the pandemic to keep this thing rolling. Uh, basically, they were online, just like my grandkids, and um, they were teaching leadership in a dealership, that should be a poem. <laughs> leadership in the dealership. That's leadership in a dealership and parts and service because nothing moves without parts and nothing moves parts like a truck. Long as you have okay, a Alan, you can say something. As <laughs> long as you have a driver for that truck, eh? <laughs> That's very true. Soon come, though, automatic. It'll come automatically. Autonomous vehicles will be doing that job. Pretty soon, yeah. But I think strictly on the highways. Uh, Maureen Harquell, she is the COO of uh, OMVIC, and she's going to be talking about how you can get in trouble by trading your car in and, and, and basically generating negative equity. And what that means is you owe more money than your car is worth. And because of the chip shortage and because of the fact that the manufacturers have shut down a lot of factories, a lot of that has been alleviated because used cars are at an all-time high. So if you were going to trade a car, well, you know what, we'll talk to her about that and we'll learn some more information about the marketplace. Maybe it's, Nadia, maybe, maybe it's just yeah. a, a case of you know people had to hold on to their old car for so many months more than they would have normally, so they actually got to yeah. pay it down. I wonder how many guys are just trading because they're sick of it or they're trading because it needs uh, work. Well, right now you can't trade for anything. There's, no. There's not really a whole lot around. All you can do is put down money on a deposit. You can put the deposit down on a new car and then hold your breath. Well, some of the cars, like uh, I, I had a Corvette, which took me a year and a half to actually get. Mm -hmm. I, I basically put a deposit down a year and a half earlier, and uh, 18 months later, I got an order to order the car. I got a, a serial number, and I could order my car. And now the new one, which is the Cadillac Lyric, uh, is expected to become in the fall of 2020. So that's almost a year waiting period for that car. And uh, so, who knows? By the way, um, 
The, the world of Formula One lost a prominent figure just recently last week. Uh, Frank Williams of Williams Formula One had passed away at the age of 79. Uh, Frank was involved in a major aircraft accident that left him paralyzed. And yet he still worked in Formula One, uh, had a partnership with Renault. They won 16 Formula One titles, nine constructor titles, seven driver championships in the 80s and the 90s, and they claimed 114 race victories. So, I mean, this guy's a real player. And um, at the end, they ran out of money. It's teams like Mercedes and Ferrari that put them out of business because they couldn't afford to compete with these high-dollar teams. So good luck wherever you are. I'm sure everybody else says, you know, he's looking down at the racing, but I think he's glad he's over. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Don't forget, we've got from the CAA, we've got Nadia Matos. She's got some winter driving tips. And, uh, you know, worst comes to worst, you get a CAA membership. They'll tell you how to just know. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we come back. We're going to do what the numbers say. Oh, I, uh, I'll be looking forward to that. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, we're back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. And uh, Dave, we're playing by the numbers, I understand. Yeah, it's called by the numbers. And uh, I'll kick out a number and you tell me what you think it is. How's okay, that? no problem. So the first one. I'll give you a hint. It involves Chevrolet, and it's 69,000. 69,000. Was that how many Corvairs that they built? Yes, that's pretty close. <laughs> no, it's actually how many Chevy Bolts they're re- recalling. In other words, they recalled them once for battery problems where they were catching fire, mm-hmm. but now they found another problem. And uh, so 69,000 cars are being recalled. And it asks the question, would you buy a product that just came out or one that had a little bit of gestation period so that you can actually use it? Well, you know what? Uh, if, if you're going with a good company, the chances are that, that it's going to be pretty good. But, but you're absolutely right. Because um, as much testing as they possibly do on vehicles, you know, they build a prototype vehicle. They, they, uh, they test them out for a certain, there's certain uh, climate conditions over so many miles. But but eventually things happen that that, that that didn't happen during those test drives, and yeah, um, think of so a lot of times you're better to wait a year or so before you go and get something new. Yeah, you're absolutely right. General Motors is on a second series of batteries, and they've only produced something like three hundred thousand vehicles, and uh, they found some serious flaws in the first design. Well, we so had the, the new one. We it, had the same issue too with uh, with Takata, where uh, the first set of airbags that they used to replace them were exactly yep. the same as the the, the the first ones that they took out. So they had to yep. be redone a second time. But this is where it's important to stay in touch with your manufacturer, make sure he's got your name and address, so he can get in touch with you for a recall. Next. Okay. This one is next one is really easy. 2035. 2035. Is that the year, the uh, last year that someone's going to make a gasoline engine? Absolutely correct. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding, ding. I won. And you win a package of cigarettes. Haven't done that yes, for 20 it's years. Yes, the last year that the Canadian government will allow the manufacture of fossil burning fuel vehicles. Well, we'll have to see if that happens. Where did they come up with that number? Uh, it's just a number they picked out of the air. They actually started with 2030, and the manufacturers told them to be 35. Right. I, I think it's just a hypothetical number, but we could yeah. change it over by then. I mean, there's certainly a lot more electric, electric battery cars on the road now than there used to be 
Yeah, but you know something? You cannot just remove gasoline-powered vehicles because in rural areas or farms and stuff like that, they can't wait in the field, you know, 14 hours for the, the harvester to recharge. You need gasoline. You pour it in. You finish your job. Well, don't forget, so, it's, it's many years from now. I mean, you know, I think they're going to come up with perhaps, uh, you know, battery. It was a, it was a design that, that somebody thought of before where, where in actual fact, instead of waiting to get recharged, you know, they make a battery pack that's very quickly changeable. Yeah, you so, slip in. Yeah, you just change it that way. You know, it's interesting. Tesla says, uh, and then they're the, they're the, uh, the industry, mm-hmm. said that they're trying to manufacture a battery that will last half a million miles. And uh, he says that we've reached that now, and now the next battery series will last a million miles. Really? And. And I did some research, and in California, they're about uh, 10 years ahead of us, mainly because the weather is so good, uh, they don't have problems of heaters sucking up all the energy. Mm-hmm. But they can actually rebuild these batteries. They could last forever. You just open them up, replace the bad cells, put them back together, and you're back in business. Well, how come that if you have four batteries in your, in, 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 you know, in your flashlight, it tells you to put four in? You, you can't just put one. No, but you can't hear because these are lithium-ion batteries. They don't actually wear out. They store. And they also said that the the current series of batteries over 10 years will only degrade 10%. So if you you have a 100-kilowatt battery, you'll have 90 kilowatts of of power available, and that's plenty. Yeah, but is that dependent on temperature or climate or not necessarily? Everything. It, it depends how fast you degrade the battery. Mm-hmm. So it can it can have 500 charges or 600 charges, but every time you charge it, you degrade it just a little bit. All right, next number you got for me. Uh, zero to 60. Well, that's that's a speed. That's how they measure how powerful a car is. I mean, it was, yeah. How, how fast that sucker will go. So in, I've, I've got a 1975 edition of Road & Track Road Test in front of me, mm-hmm. and the fastest car that they had in 1975 was a Pantera, which was a sports car sold by Ford with a Ford V8 in the back of it and a body that looks a lot like a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. So Pantera. And the slowest one they had was the Mercedes Diesel, which was uh, 20.3 seconds. Wow, that's an awful I can go better on my bicycle. That's <laughs> so... That's so slow. <laughs> How slow is it? Hurry. <laughs> the pizza would be cold by the time it got to your house. I don't think you'd make it to your house. You'd have to eat it on the way. <laughs> Exactly. In comparison so, to now, though, what? How, how quick are the cars now? Okay. My Supra has 440 horses, and it does 0 to 60 in 3.1 seconds. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's less. And the other funny thing is they use less gasoline. These cars were getting, uh, you know, like, like 24 miles per gallon, 11 miles per gallon. I mean, we're getting 40 and 45 right now with all this new technology and the computerization of the engine. And all those so, cars were V8s, right? And now we're talking about three-cylinder and four-cylinder four engines. Yeah. Put the turbocharger on it. That'll get you the power. This is Dave's Corner in the Garage. After Don't the break, flood it, Lake. Don't flood it. <laughs> After the break, we're going to go to school. <laughs> we're going to go see the Sweat Hogs up at Georgia College. Hey, Mr. Carter, can I fix the car? We'll see. Just Dave Corner Garage. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Or like they used to say, welcome back. Now, that was the Sweat Hogs, you know. Remember that show, Dave? Mr. Carter. <laughs> exactly. 
Well, we're talking to Jason Dale, of course, from the Automotive Business School of Canada, located up in Barrie. Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Good morning. How's everybody doing? We're doing cool. We're doing good, good down here. Automotive business. Uh, it's a great business to be in. Dave's been in it his whole life. I've been in, in it for almost that. And uh, you guys have the know-how. You offer the courses that people need if they want to get into that business, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, we're located at uh, Georgian College up in uh, up in Barrie, Ontario, where it's snowing today. It is, is it? Yes, it is. Do you have your winter tires on? I do, and I uh, I promote winter tires to everybody I speak to. So anybody out there, make sure you get your winter tires on very very soon, if not yet. Now during COVID, uh, uh, you couldn't do a lot of in class learning. Um, so you're doing it online, correct? Uh, that is correct. Yes, during COVID, uh, our our faculty members took about uh, two weeks to uh, to put all of our programs, both our degree and our diploma, online. Mm-hmm. And we never really sat still. I mean, we we listened to the industry and our students, and we uh, we actually launched a part time automotive business diploma online, which is fully online for working professionals, and you can complete that in under three years while continuing to work. Dave. Yeah, I was going to say, first off, congratulations. You're the number two ranked college in Canada. And secondly, you're number three in the world. And that's nothing to laugh at. That's really uh, a kudo to your organization. So three years is too long. I'm thinking, (laughs) of course, should be like 15 minutes. That's right. Well, thank you, Dave. That is the uh, the international survey that, uh, that happened for 2021, and we're very proud of that survey. Um, and you're right, we'd, uh, with 700,000 automotive jobs across Canada, we'd love to have more students through our program area. Yeah, that's a real problem. Finding staff, as finding technical staff is a real issue. So yeah. it, it's always been a problem finding good people that will stay, love the business, and, uh, and succeed in it. And, uh, you know, like the leadership is, is basically um, dealership management. I guess that was what I would call it. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we also developed a couple of new uh, programs for uh, throughout COVID. Uh, the first one we developed was uh, our Leadership Essential Series, and that's uh, geared towards uh, dealership management and um, OEM management. And we talk a lot about change management, communication, having those tough conversations, emotional intelligence at work, coaching for performance, etc. The fact that a lot of these dealerships are being bought up by groups, does that change the way you will, will teach your course? I mean, you may never beach, you know, the, the head office, but you're still running a dealership under their auspices. It doesn't change how we teach our, our programs or our courses. Um, we actually find that a lot of dealer groups will approach us and, uh, and have us deliver separate cohorts just to their, their teams. So we deliver that across Canada for them. Hmm. And you also teach the OMBIC course, right? We certainly do, yes. We, uh, we administer the OMBIC, uh, the OMBIC program, and uh, we test it, and still running uh, over 7,000 students per year. Wow. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of students. <laughs> That's a lot yeah, of people. sure is. Now, does, is there a charge for this, or does it come with the OMBIC program? Uh, there, there is a charge for uh, for uh, registering yourself through OMBIC, yes. Uh, you can uh, find that at uh, at our website at uh, absc.ca. Better repeat that. Uh, it's on our website at uh, absc.ca. absc.ca. 
CA. Yeah, because you can't be can't buy and sell a vehicle if you're not a licensed salesman, and you can't become a dealership uh, principal unless you have a license and a location and a bank account and a good record and everything else because they actually did clean up the business. So, uh, anything you want to add? Uh, we also launched a uh, parts and service essentials program. This is an on- yeah. week, or online five-week program des- uh, de- designed and dedicated to our, uh, our parts and service advisors. And we talk about selling techniques, parts and service, uh, teamwork, retail components, uh, sales process, and marketing in our parts and service. You know, it's interesting, parts and service, without that, the dealership doesn't run. And yet, That's right. they're the low ranking of the totem pole. <laughs> but the reality right is, with, without uh, those with, guys. Absolutely. And with all the changes that are happening in the business, we really need our uh, our parts and service departments to work together and uh, and be very customer focused. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. And also a day ahead of what's going on in the shop. Exactly. All righty. So uh, give us your email address if you wouldn't mind. Our, uh, our website is uh, absc.ca, and uh, we're located at Georgian College up in Barrie, Ontario. And if you want to call them at home for a pizza, it's 555-1212. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, Jason, thank you very much for joining us. And if you're thinking about getting into automotive business, by all means, check it out. Business Automotive Business School of Canada, ranked number two in the whole world. There you go. And this is Dave's Corner Garage. We're going to be back with Maureen Hartwell right after the break. She's from Omvic, and she's going to talk about this of financing your car. What what could go wrong, possibly? We're going to find out. Nothing can go wrong. Go no. wrong. Go this wrong. is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. <laughs> you know, so often people want to go buy a car, but they still owe money on their old one, and then they can get into a thing called negative equity and... Uh, you know, the people get in trouble financially with their cars. It's probably the second biggest investment you're ever going to make next to a house. We've got Maureen Harkwell from C. She's the COO of Omvic. Uh, good morning, Maureen. How are you? Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Al. Dave's there. Dave? Yep, so I'm here. It's called being underwater or being in the ditch or just plain negative equity. <laughs> Maureen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, the end of the day, uh, negative equity really means owing more for a car than it's worth. And uh, I think when when you're buying a car, uh, you, a lot of people will consider uh, doing an extended term loan lasting anywhere from, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years sometimes. Now, what that means is that, of course, the the, the monthly payments are are more affordable. Uh, but the concern, of course, is that over that long period of time, the vehicle is going to significantly depreciate in value, and it, 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 something's got to give at the end of the day. You're, you're going to end up with an asset that's not worth very much, and you may still owe money on it if you decide to, to, uh, to sell it or uh, trade in and start with something else. So there really are a few things to uh, to, to consider before you do an, uh, an ex- a long-term car loan. And uh, some of the things to consider include, uh, you know, how much do I drive? Is this going to, that's a, that's a big factor because if you put more mileage, the car is going to depreciate faster. How long are you going to keep the vehicle? Um, if you only plan on driving the vehicle for a short time, it's probably not too smart to take an extended term loan. And, of course, how fast will the car depreciate? That's something you've got to do your research on because, of course, a car that depreciates quickly, that's going to impact you as well. 
And the fact that if the car's not reliable and, and you buy a, something that's not top of the heap, you know, uh, you're going to have some big repair bills down the road that you're going to have to pay and then still have to pay the, the car payment at the end of the month. That must really hurt, I'll tell you. Uh, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, consumers aren't, aren't aware of that or may not be aware of that. And that's why we encourage uh, consumers to reach out to OMVIC even before they go looking for cars to learn and understand about negative equity and different kind of financing opportunities that are available for consumers when they're going to buy a car. So we encourage them to call OMVIC. Our consumer support team is is there to help and to provide uh, advice and, and information. Marina, I have a question for you. The the fact of the, the chip crisis and the fact that the manufacturers have actually stopped producing some cars and the used cars have now really risen like crazy. I mean, you're buying 12, 13-year-old trucks and you're paying you know thousands of dollars more than they're worth. Does that help you in your situation of negative equity? Um, I guess it depends, again, how long you're going to be hanging on to that vehicle. If you're going to maybe only hang on to it for a year, um, maybe the vehicle's going to actually keep its value. Uh, what we're hearing in the reports is that the the uh, the chip shortage, while improving, is likely to continue into 2022. So some of those mm-hmm. supply pressures, I think, are going to remain in place. So if you're going to uh, buy a car um, and and maybe not keep it for so long, uh, then really you need to think about whether you even need an, an extended term loan. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, there's the old saying, you know, what goes up must come down. And if there's a uh, a spike in a price on a new vehicle or truck, uh, you know, the likelihood is that there will be some correction uh, in, the, in the future. Maureen, a quick question. You know, a lot of times we see manufacturers offering financing. Um, is that always going to be the best deal you can get? Um, listen, uh, I think one of the things to remember when, uh, when, when you go in to, to buy a vehicle uh, is to go in armed with information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before visiting a dealership, we, we encourage consumers to talk to their own financial institution and ask about their credit score and what finance options might be available to them based on that credit score. Um, when they get into the dealership, I think one thing consumers need to know is that uh, dealers often have uh, you know a, a, a number of different financing options available. And if you go in with uh, an understanding of what you can get from your own financial institution, you can do some good comparison shopping. Um, I, that, that's really the key to it. I think the consumer is also uh, can certainly ask, and we encourage them to ask the dealer, you know, what are my different financing options? Who are you going to be submitting my credit application to? Uh, let's look at that information. What are, what are the different options? Just because the dealer presents you with a certain option, that doesn't have to be the only one for you to consider because each consumer is different and needs to consider their own circumstances. So for that more information, they go to omvic.on.ca, correct? That's right. And they can actually email our consumer support team at consumers at omvic.on.ca or they can call us at 1-800-943-6002. I think Dave needs some more advice. Dave? Well, I was going to suggest that you also should tell you the dealer, limit him to the amount of uh, different organizations that he's going to present your file to. I mean, I've seen cases where they've sent it out to 12 different 
organizations and they basically screwed up the guy's credit rating because it looked like he was trying to get money from everybody and uh, so that's something that I would be talking about don't take it more than maybe two or three organizations and maybe perhaps I can't afford this car and I should be looking at a used car because that's in my budget Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's important to remember that multiple credit applications can, can negatively affect a consumer's credit score. So again, mm-hmm. it's part of having that conversation and being educated uh, to sit down with the dealer and, and really hash out what the plan is in terms of, of, uh, of seeking the proper financing that's going to work for you. Marina, I got a question. You know, I, a lot of times people are thinking that if they buy privately, they're going to get a much better deal. So let's say, for example, I, I borrow money from the bank and I buy a car at Tim Hortons. Well, not from Tim Hortons, obviously, <laughs> but from a curbsider. <laughs> and that car turns out to be stolen. What happens to my bank loan? You own it. I, I think some of the important things to remember here is that if you've made an agreement with your financial institution mm-hmm. and you've signed on the dotted line for a loan, right. regardless of what you're you're purchasing, you're on the hook for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think one of the other really important things for consumers to know is that if you buy privately, uh, either from your, your neighbor down the street or a curbsider who's an illegal seller, mm-hmm. uh, that's sale and and whatever if anything bad comes out of that purchase and sale uh they will not be protected by omvix compensation fund so there's there's real risk to buying privately uh and so of course that's why we encourage uh, consumers in ontario to buy from an omvix registered dealer and how do you know you know and the other dave go ahead i was going to say the other thing is if you're trading your car in with a dealer uh, your chances are that it's going to come out of your name and everything will go proper. But if you're selling your car privately because you think you're going to get more money and the private guy doesn't transfer your name and you start getting tickets in the mail and uh, somebody's suing you because you banged into his car, it goes all comes on, onto your back because you didn't take the time to take the thing out of your name. So that's another situation where you can get involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. It's uh, the reality is, you know, when we t- I was talking to this about my with my son last night when we were telling you that you were coming on. And, uh, you know, he said, you know, if the car has money owing on it, the ownership should be red. And if the car is paid off, the ownership should be green. And that way, there's no issue in, in getting stuck with a lien and the car not being transferred and all those other things. It would just solve the whole situation. You clean it up. Absolutely. And and I think what I would also say to consumers in Ontario, though, is that if you're dealing with an OMVIC registered dealer, then uh, if for some reason uh, a lien is not removed, if the car's not paid off, if the, if the financing not paid off, you have recourse. You can come to OMVIC. We are there to help consumers in Ontario when they have issues with uh, registered dealers in Ontario. Uh, so really, there's that, that, that opportunity to go to our compensation fund uh, or to even get assistance from our consumer support team in terms of negotiating uh, a resolution to the problem. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, OMVIC is your, is your best bet. Good. Al, take us out. 
No, well, I was going to say, too, you know, before you get into trouble, if you go to the OMVIC website, they've got all kinds of, you know, educational videos there that shows you just what we've been talking about today in terms of, you know, how to look out for the proper dealership, making sure that he's registered, and what protection you're going to get. So some great videos. I mean, they are done tongue-in-cheek. I've seen some of them. They're kind of funny, actually. (laughs) Did you star in one of those, Maureen? No, thankfully, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, terrific. So www.omvic.on.ca for more information. Is there a phone number people can use if they don't have it in internet? Absolutely. It's a, a free of charge uh, call, and it's 1-800-943-6002. All right, super. Thank you for joining us today, and uh, drive safe, please. After the break, we're going to be talking about, of course, more driving safety. we got Nadia Matos from the CAA with some tips on winter driving. The first better be, you better put winter tires on. Yeah, I don't want to hear any of you guys calling in and go, well, if you know how to drive, you don't really need them, okay? That's a pretty lame excuse. This is Dave's Corner Garage. I use it all the time. (laughs) We'll be right back. Well, we're lucky in that uh, things are normalizing again. Most people who, most smart people have gone ahead and got vaccinated. Uh, I just got my third one yesterday and uh, feeling pretty good. So really not a big deal there. But that allows people to get out again. They don't have to stay hunkered down in their house. They can actually get in their car and go out. Uh, Wintertime is coming and we've got Nadia Matos with us to talk about what CAA has got to help us get through the snow. Nadia. Well, you know, our winter driving skills have been in cold storage for the last eight months or so, so it's time to brush off those winter driving skills. And, and I mean, you guys know, you guys are avid drivers, that at times winter driving in Canada or wherever you may be is unpredictable. Sometimes you uh, leave your house and it's light flurries, and by the time you uh, come back from work, it's freezing rain. So at CAA, we want to encourage motorists to do something we call the three P's which is plan, prepare, and have some patience. So, guys, can you uh, give me some ideas about planning? Planning, of course. Don't take you your know. wife shopping. <laughs> I don't plan on doing that either. Or your son. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not talking about planning your winter Christmas shopping list, but we are planning about making sure that you have extra time and that you're planning your route out. Of course, if you're just going to the mall, you're going to know what route it is. But if you are taking a bit of a longer road trip, we always recommend at CAA to stay on those main roads because some of those back roads may not be well plowed uh, during winter storm events so you if you are venturing out stick to the main roads and give yourself as much extra time to get to your destination as possible question sorry i just want to stop you for a sec because i happen to use google or Waze quite a bit now do those services keep in mind what the weather is going to be they give you a great kind of Uh, understanding of what you may be confronted with, but we've all been using those apps or those services Mm -hmm. and just see our times, what should have been 45 minutes now extended to an hour as, you know, conditions come in. So it's always best to kind of leave a little bit of extra time, no matter what. Yeah, because see, as you said, you know, you're better off to stay on the main roads because for the most part, because they're more traveled, they're going to be clearer. Uh, you're going to be on dry or wet pavement rather than a snowy pavement. But a lot of times these, these services put you on side roads or, you know, different arteries that probably aren't as traveled. And, and, and in fact... 
it's going to slow you down or, or, or possibly put you in a situation where you can get into an accident more than if you were on the main street. All right, next, you had something else to say. The next thing was to prepare as much as possible. We've all seen that motorist driving down the road with the snowhawk, like I like to call it, that middle portion of your vehicle with snow still piled high. That's obviously a visual hazard and blowing snow can reduce visibility. So take the time, brush off your snow and your vehicle to make sure that it doesn't impair or hurt anybody on the way or there could be some hidden ice there as well always keep a phone charger in your car and make sure you have a fully stocked emergency kit like first aid flashlight ice scrapers a small shovel i have used a small shovel to get my tires out of a situation and i have winter tires so it's always great to have some of those things uh, before you venture out and lastly, we're talking about patience. Uh, it's something that I have very little of. Uh, but, uh, in fact, last night I was driving. My buddy went, Al, what's your rush? And I said, I just got to get to where I'm going. Yeah, it's uh, all about just slowing down and realizing that your fellow motorist right next to you is in the same situation that you are. Allow for changing lanes, uh, for people to change lanes. You know, some people are more comfortable driving the snow, others are not. So give people the space to be able to merge. Avoid using things like cruise control because you want to have as much control in your vehicle as possible and anything that can take away from that is obviously not recommended when there's snow or sleet or ice on the ground and of course a big one slow down from moving uh, for emergency vehicles slow down and move over for emergency vehicles and that includes tow trucks so they're uh, working on the side of the road so make sure that you give people on the side of the road uh, enough space when you're traveling in the winter time and a big one never pass a snow plow on the right hand side because obviously they're pushing the snow to the right hand side (laughs) <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you know, getting back to the emergency vehicles, you know, so many people like just freak out when they see or hear the light and they'll just stop when, when, when the whole idea is, as you said, is to get to make room for them so they can get past you. So you do want to pull over to the right whenever you can. It's just slowing down. If you can't change lanes, just slow down. But it is recommended to just switch over to a lane when you see them. That's why they have the lights on top. You can see them from a further distance. No need to freak out. Just slow down a little bit and change lanes when possible. Where I see that a lot is if somebody's sitting at a red light, eh, and, and, and here comes an emergency vehicle, and they don't know what to do. They, they, like, they're afraid to move. They said, well, my light is red. I can't move. But But in fact... You could take that opportunity to get out of the way because that's what they need. All righty. And uh, to make room for other vehicles on the road, you said a lot of people, you know, they, they just pick a lane and decide they want to drive there. But I'm one of these guys that, you know, look out for left, left lane hogs. I don't like those. What do we do? I think, you know, being courteous, we so forget that these days on the roads, you know, use those Canadian values and be courteous. If the left lane is for passing, so let's get out of the left lane and use the lanes accordingly. And I think it's so important that we uh, take into consideration that motorists out there some people are going to be a rush and some aren't. So let's all just be kind to each other, especially during this Christmas season. Exactly. And, uh, and stay off your phone. That's, all, that's a big one. I see that so often, you know, where all traffic is moving and somebody's not. You, and you, you know right away they're on the telephone. 
Yeah, it's so important to stay focused and to drive according to weather conditions. That means adjusting your speed when necessary. That means setting everything, your GPS, your ways, your radio station before you actually leave your driveway or your parking spot so that there's no distractions on the road. That black ice, if you're going fast, can just send you clear across the road without any kind of control in your vehicle. So it's really important just to stay focused and get both hands on the wheel when you're dealing with inclement weather or any time really. Like you said, you got to plan beforehand, you know, check the weather reports, find out what's coming up. Be prepared, you know, have the booster cables, that emergency kit, and above all, be patient. Don't be in such a hurry. You'll get to where you're going. Uh, I remember we had the uh, chief of police on our show once before, and he said, you know, if you, be, if you get in an accident, that's really going to mess up your timetable. It's absolutely true. And what we always tell people is if you just take that little bit of extra time to kind of get yourself organized and stay focused, you know, you will, you know, decrease your chances of being in a collision. Of course, that's not always the case. So if you are in a collision, it can cause a lot of stress and confusion. So the, it's, I know it's tough to say stay calm, but if you're not injured, just stay in your vehicle, call 911, make sure that you get as many, uh, instru- uh, many of the instructions given to you by the emergency services. And, um, you know, if it's safe to do so, move your vehicle over to the side of the road, record the details of the collision, and uh, just stay in the vehicle if possible. All right. If they want more tips from CA or join and get a membership, how do they do that? Well, if you need a membership, you can always call 1-800-CAA-HELP and we'll get to you there. Or you can also just go to www.caasbo.com. Natty Maddox, thank you very much for joining us today. That's some great tips for everybody. Thanks, guys. You're very welcome. Well, we're going to slow down now to take a break. Um, And we're going to come back in just a couple minutes. Dave and I are going to be talking about some upcoming things that are happening in Toronto. We'll be right back. You know, I listened to that great commercial that the station produces for us. And uh, it was for Glen Allen of Motors, of course. But even... Now, more so, you know, used vehicle prices are gone through the roof. And if you're going to be paying that crazy price for a car, you want to make sure you get it checked out beforehand. Right, Dave? Yes, definitely. I mean, the reality is, you know, you buy in haste and you repent in leisure. (laughs) All right, you got some emails. Yes, we do have some emails uh, from actually from last week when we were talking to uh, the what do you call it, Mr. Transmission mm-hmm. was a Stefan no St- Stafford Stafford Wong Stafford okay so the first part of this question is two part question from Joe G and he writes uh, your expert today didn't touch on the transmission filter my question is what damage can be done by flushing out the fluid and not disturbing the debris in the filter well if you have a transmission that the pan comes off and you're able to change the filter, then that's absolutely the best way to do it. It's not like, you, you know, you always change the filter when you change your engine oil, right? So you yes. want to do the same thing. Uh, it's either a throwaway filter, but in some cases on a lot of cars now, it's, a, it's just a screen. So you can take it down. And, 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 the due to, and as well, you know, you're going to find a lot of debris at the bottom of the pan itself. So you want to do wash that out. So it's always the best to do. Um, but again, take their advice. Uh, if you've got a car and you've not done a tranny service for an awful long time, then you could possibly be doing a disservice. So take it to someone who knows, who's honest, and, and uh, get their opinion so that you don't have a problem down the road. 
All right, question number two. Can your tire expert tell us if the torque specs of a manual, I don't know what it means by that, but I think what he's trying to say is the torque specs of the metal wheel, is it the same as the torque specs of the aluminum wheel that you're taking off when you're changing summer tires to winter tires? Great question. You know, it's funny. When we look up specifications for vehicles, I've never seen where it listed wheels separately. Uh, yeah. Because what you're looking at is the strength of the actual stud and nut, okay? Uh, so that's where that torque is going to come from. You don't want to put on too much torque because you can actually stretch the bolts and, and break them. Um, or you can actually warp the head of the, you know, the hub itself, in which case you're going to create a brake problem down the road because you've got it twisted way too tight and you can actually warp the brake rotor. The big thing here for me is that uh, you do want to make sure that before you put the wheel on the car that you look at the mating surfaces. In other words, you look at the backside of the aluminum or steel wheel and the hat or the, the top of the brake rotor, uh, to make sure that there's not an excessive buildup of rust or corrosion there. Um, on the back of a mag wheel, it's going to look white and not, you know, rusty color. But in fact, what you want to do is just tap it a bit with a screwdriver or, or a hammer a bit and just see if it's loose, because that's how en you end up with wheels becoming loose. Uh, that 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 crud that's there will compress, but it's really not tight. So uh, you want to make sure you clean up those surfaces. You can use a wire brush. Uh, you don't have to be too vigorous, but uh, make sure that's clean. And then if there's any concern, of course, you can always retorque the wheels after 100 kilometers uh, or go back to where you had it done. Most garages are more than happy to do a retorque. Dave? Now, I was going to say that um, some of these studs have to be torqued wet. In other words, you got to spray some oil on the stud before you torque it. Others are torqued dry. So take a moment and actually read the owner's manual. What's the old RTFM? Exactly. So read the motor's owner's manual and make sure that yours is not a wet or a dry because that's the first place to start. And then it'll also tell you what the torque is and, and do torque the wheels. It's really important. Yep. And we want, to thank, we want to thank our guests, of course. We want to thank Jason from Georgian College. If you're thinking about getting into the automotive business uh, on all levels, whether it's management, whether it's parts, whether it's service, check out Georgian College. They've got some great courses. Besides the fact that you can't just say, well, I know how to fix a car, you actually have to get licensed nowadays. And, uh, or if you want to sell a car, for example, you could mention the Ombic course. So you do have to take a course. They've got a great one. You can do part of it online. You can do part of it in class. I want to thank uh, Nadia from, from CAA, caasco.com. If you need tips on uh, you know, where to get a car service, they have a list of the recommended places. They've got some great winter driving tips that she just, imagined, she just mentioned. And, you, of course, you know. Yeah. I was going to stop here for a second, that they won an award from the local newspaper that says the Greater Toronto's Top Employers. And guess who's on top? CAA. That's One of super. the top employers in the, in the country. And I want to thank Maureen, too, from OMVIC for coming on and take, tell, you know, to get us information on you know, who to trust, what homework you need to do before you buy your next new or used car to make sure you're getting your best deal and you're not getting hosed or taken. That happens sometimes, eh? Never. No. <laughs> Dave, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, good stuff. Thank you. And thank Carlos behind the board. We can't do it. You know, you need, always need the technical guy, whether it's uh, in the studio or at the garage. This you is... know that Carlos and I talk actually an hour before the show just to make sure everything's okay. That's how dedicated he is. 
He told me he asked him if your butt looked big in the pants for night, but I, 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 I no. told me he, he said he wouldn't say that, you know. Because I'm wearing my wife's pants. <laughs> 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 Drive safe, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Corner Garage. I'm with Raymond Chan, and Raymond is with the CA. Raymond, I have a scenario for you where I've had an accident, and I'm at the side of the road. Some people call it collision. The question is, five tow trucks have shown up. What do I do? Well, first and foremost, know what your rights are. Educate yourself. You have the right to decide who can tow your vehicle and to what location, unless you're otherwise directed by police. So if you're unsure, make sure you ask the questions, and make sure you get things in writing, especially a quote to know how much you're going to be paying at the end. Now, they're going to take me to the Collision Reporting Center. Is that also part of the package? In municipalities that do offer collision reporting centers where they are available, they will, by law, be required to take you there. And if not, I would suggest that you uh, file a police report, work with your insurance company. Again, ask those questions if you're unsure so that you know what's going to be happening with your vehicle. And for more information? For more information, you can visit our website at towrights.ca and download your very own copy of the Towing Bill of Rights. You've been listening to Just a Minute. To hear more, go to our website, davescornergarage.com. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.